This episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is brought to you by our patron, Jeremy. If you would like to join our patrons, go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Thank you. Butterfield. My name is Gary Butterfield. What no, my the? name my name is Cole Ross. I, Sorry, I, I choke you out. <laughs> and uh, I, didn't I choke it. you out. My name is Cole Ross. I did, didn't mean to do a thing, but I, I did mean to do a thing. Yeah, you I, did. Yeah, hush your face. <laughs> um, we're here to choke you out, and we're mm-hmm. watch out for fireballs. Uh, and this is a Games Club podcast. Yeah, and this week we are talking about Echo, which is a stealth game developed and published by Ultra Ultra for the PS4 and PC in 2017. Not just a category of ice cream size at Coldstone. Ultra mm. Ultra now makes games. Yeah, like it, um, love it, and <laughs> don't, don't you get be between it. me and my fucking ice cream. <laughs> Yeah, what? I will fucking choke you out. Yeah. The uh I will step on your neck if you don't sing me a tip song. <laughs> um yeah, and this is uh this is beginning a spooky month. This mm-hmm. has some horror elements to it. Yeah. It's marketed as a horror stealth game. Mm-hmm. You know? So there's there's some kind of, kind of minor spookitudes. It is. Uh this episode was executive produced by Jeremy. Thank you, Jeremy. Yeah. Really appreciate you. Yeah. Uh and uh in this game, you play as N. Uh, E-N. Uh, it's a young woman uh, in this distant sci-fi future uh, who is going to great lengths to revive a dead friend. Uh, in fact, she has traveled far into space on a commandeered spaceship, uh, gone to a planet that has actually won a massive palace and also might be heaven for her religion. Yeah. It's a little tricky. <laughs> a little tricky. Uh, this is uh, this month. But between this, I feel like, and Silent Hill One, we are doing the the games that underline the difference between like story and lore. Yeah, in a lot of ways, uh, the story of this, what actually happens in the game, <laughs> is incredibly straightforward. Yes, all of the backstory and lore uh, mm-hmm. is really, really compelling and cool. Yeah, and that's those are the nuggets you get. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the game so we're not going to summarize those uh in case of uh spoiler we're going to spend this rest of this part kind of talking about uh systems we'll talk about those reveals as they come up yeah um but it's worth i think uh detouring just briefly because since we're going to spoil it mm-hmm. uh we, do you think people should play this i am so i'm so conflicted boy? on that guarantee <laughs> yeah, i like yeah. I, I mean this I, i've never played anything like this uh it, it is an amazing story i think that it is 
like an aesthetic triumph, but also like the aesthetic is something that gets in the way of it. I think that it's, mm-hmm. it's hook is interesting. Uh, but I think that it kind of ultimately ends up being, uh, like, it feels like a game jam concept taken out to at least double a kind of production value and it can't support itself, but like, yeah, it's really cool <laughs> except for Wait. when it has you doing stuff. <laughs> it's, it's the, uh, this is, this is, I put this in the pile of WAF games for me where it's in the wrong medium. Yeah. And that's like, this hard. is a really cool story, story Bible for a series of books. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I, I like this world and I like these ideas. Yeah. Um, and the, the play has moments of being pretty fun. Uh, I don't think that we've done anything before that is quite this like crassly repetitive it, it is. in terms of what you do when you're actually playing it. It is really bare bones. I think at some point you called this a series of VR missions, and that yes. is that that is real. I think that is real apt, actually. <laughs> and and there, it's very bifurcated. It's mm-hmm. very like I get a little plot nugget, then I go and do a VR mission where I have to collect a certain number of orbs mm-hmm. uh, while engaging with you know very very minor variations on this core gameplay, mm-hmm. and then I get another plot nugget. It's very, you know, uh, press the button, get a treat. Yeah. You know, with having to press the button increasingly more times with more fail states. Yeah. And, um, and like the, 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 the concept, you know, the, 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 the very nature of this space, I think that it is cool and creepy and uncanny that it is big and ornate and useless and just goes on and yeah. on forever. That gets in the way of this being an interesting game. <laughs> to me yeah and it also does it just plays that trick over and over yeah yeah. you know like the the the, it's it really sells past the close date i think like the first time you realize like oh this is an infinite opulence Mm -hmm. uh this is uncanny and cool like that's great but you go through like six different zones of nearly identical identical opulence Mm -hmm. you know you, you every once in a while get new fixtures on the walls or what have you and sometimes they're cool but it no matter what, you're just going to be in an infinite opulence collecting orbs. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it, collecting energy pellets. It it reduces it reduces to wireframe in a way that I think takes away from the oomph of it. That kind of takes yeah. away from you know what in another medium would be the you know the eerie you know the 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 the, the eerie anonymity of this and the you know just the, the the infinite sameness going in every direction, right? Yeah. It's, so. it's it's a real case of a cool trick that is uh, overused, yeah, you know, uh, and not supported very well. So I I will go as I I don't really think people should play this, right? I I think that you can get what's cool about it by reading the backstory stuff, mm-hmm. um, and hearing the concept. Like this lived, you know, this was uh, patronized a long time ago, mm-hmm. and the concept of this lived in my head the yeah. entire time. I was like, oh, the the central hook of this is fucking cool. Mm-hmm. That's a cool idea. Um, it turns out that there are some compromises in making that work. Yes. Uh, which we'll talk about, mm-hmm. uh, that were disappointing. And then when I realized like that central hook being the only thing is not quite enough to dine on. Right. You know, for, for this whole game. So yeah. it's a, I, I don't think I'd recommend it. I didn't, I didn't like it that much in the end. Yeah. Um, I, you and- know, it wasn't like pulling teeth, but I'm. I'm glad to be done with that. 
just to take the, the 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 opposite side of it not not so much to be oppositional but just to kind of offer offer a differing view on it this is a game that often shows up in bundles and sales and stuff if you happen to stumble upon this the concept and story are cool the way that the story is unfolded through the conversations between the two main characters i think is actually cool and good and it is paced sure. in such a way that like the mystery and tantalization is heightened that really drew me forward it absolutely wears out its welcome in the play, but I think that like you know, play until you get frustrated, see how it's delivered, and then um, and then go and take a look. Then you know that 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 would be a way to a way to go about it. If any of this sounds tempting to you, yeah, I would just I would just watch the cutscenes. Yeah. I'm sure somebody's done a, a cut cut of like all the dialogue mm-hmm. just on YouTube, like the echo of the movie. Yeah, yeah, you know, I would just do that. Or watch a let's play. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's worth the engaging with the play in this very yeah. much, which is not horrible, but it's like not as cool as it as it sounds like it's going to be. I think. Yeah. Um, once you figure it out. Yeah. Really. Uh, let, let me uh, let me know if you want me to stream this on Hexcrank. Like if you want me to 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 soak. I'm talking to the audience here to to, to soak that frustration so you can get it, get the uh, get the story and stuff. So. You just played this call. I know why I just you, played it. Why would you do that? Why I've, just... I've done I've done others I've done stuff like that before. It's fine. <laughs> why play stuff that you both of you like? Yeah, you're going to martyr yourself for this. I'm like, not martyring you just myself. Just played this. I know. I'm not saying Are you like out of horror games. <laughs> like, no. did you know that you can emulate the N-Gage version of Resident Evil Degeneration? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't know that. Play that. Yeah. No, I'm just I'm putting it to the audience that that is a way. If you're curious, let me know. Not. Right away, I'm just this, you know, mm-hmm. kind of kind of taking all comers, you know. I'm going to say, audience, let Cole stream other stuff. Just find somebody who's already done this work, and then tell Cole to stream something you'd like. <laughs> like be kind to him. Oh um, God! So the the, the basic uh, skeleton of this is a third person stealth game. Um, it's very stiff. Like you are not, uh, you know, it. I've seen it compared to Hitman before online uh and, and hitman has kind of a stiffness as well to it mm-hmm. um it, it's like the kind of contextual prompt action game yeah you know it's, it's somewhere between like a hitman and a, a hellblade maybe yeah that that, um, that that makes a good amount of sense yeah they're like there's a that by by the look of the character design you think oh this is like a cat burglar kind of thing there's going to be some you know nimbleness no you're very much pinned to the ground um all of the actions are incredibly discreet from each other um mm-hmm. it's very it, modal is the wrong way to put it but like everything is just kind of locked in a sequence uh as you yeah. decide to do it yeah it, yeah when, when the the slide across a countertop is always the same slide across a countertop animation that yeah. is kind of like canned up um there and and that will end up making sense you know for the for the gimmick yes um you know so you, you crouch you dash you can vault over things uh you have combat to a degree uh combat uh you can go behind people and choke them out mm-hmm. you can shoot people uh you have a gun that uh, kills enemy in one hit and can pierce through them and it doesn't matter where you hit them Right. So you are encouraged to line up enemies uh, in a line mm-hmm. and take them out. And that makes um, for cool moments where it's like, okay, they're closing in on me. I need to like, do I wait to get the shot where I'm taking a bunch of them out with one with one piece of energy, um, or you know, am I putting myself in danger of somebody like sneaking up behind me as I'm backing yes. away from them? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you also have a riot gun feature which will push enemies back. It kind of creates this uh, 180 degree knockdown wave. Mm-hmm. 
in front of you. Very useful. Yeah. Uh, the suit and gun that you have is one of the worst. I can't believe this is the future uh, <laughs> because it, you got a, you got a suit that pulls from a, a, uni- a universal power supply. Mm-hmm. So you can do like two things uh, in the beginning, be that shoot or like, you know, fall long distance or do a riot control, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, it, it all pulls from the same thing and it's incredibly limited. Yeah. Um, you can recharge them. There are these uh, beacons that float around that will repip and your final pip will always recharge on its own. Mm-hmm. So you're never without one verb, yes. but you you very rarely, like I think at the end of this, I had like four, total something um, like that they're hard yeah. containers like yeah. you, can, you can collect them yeah it's a different kind of orb that you find uh, yeah. <laughs> among there are multiple orbs in this <laughs> yes so if you're looking for a multi-orb guarantee uh you got it here um your melee combat is really restricted like you have a push that got a lot of use for me um oh, and yeah. you can also kind of find these all-purpose glass orbs uh, the, 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 yep that are lit up and uh yeah these are cool you, you can use them to turn your uh, melee attack uh lethal uh just break it over one of the enemy's heads or you can uh, throw it to knock them over or throw it to create a distraction uh real basic kind of stuff like that they, they are bricks in the last of us yes um you can take one hit before your suit goes into critical mode which is there for about two seconds mm-hmm. um and if you take another hit in that window uh you die Yes. So, you know, you don't have a life meter so much. You have a damage density uh, Mm -hmm. kind of thing, Um, like a very modal version of like a Call of Duty. Yes. Um, And you have a stealth status uh, that is communicated to you because your suit has this gigantic like AR uh, sphere Mm -hmm. around you. They'll show these kind of blobs of color in the direction of the enemy, indicating their distance, whether you're visible to them, how aggressive they are. Uh, This is actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. it's such a player conceit. It really like, is. And couldn't see this at all. No, no. Like, you know? how could she tell if somebody was behind her when well, the indicator is literally, literally behind her? Yeah. Uh, but this is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this, this is a real clever way to do um, letting you know where everyone is as a kind of radar mm-hmm. and letting you know their status as a qu- at a quick glance. Yeah. Um, and this is also like they do a, a really cool thing with uh, with intersecting circles on that sphere around you mm-hmm. to kind of show the direction of your... Uh, of your waypoint of your uh, objective uh, where you're going to go. Mm-hmm. The interface design is cool and slick in this. So that's where all the energy goes. <laughs> you're always yes. taking up some useful combat energy for uh, this really cool uh, projection. Yeah. Do you want a cool suit or do you want to be able to shoot more than one bullet <laughs> with this gun? <laughs> Which so. way? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, uh, if people are listening, wondering, Hey, when are they going to get, when are they going to get to the fireworks factory? We're here. Uh, the mechanics are limited. Like that's basically it. We described all that you can do. Um, and they feel limited in service of the headline feature of this game. Uh, the fact that your enemies, which are all crude clones of you called echoes, uh, they will learn from your tactics and use them against you. Yeah. Tactics is, is a little it's, bit of an overstatement. It's, it's real generous. Like Definitely not strategy. Yeah. It's literally just like yeah. you, you your verb. actions define which verb they have available to them and that will determine their uh, their behavior, what they what they get in position to do. And the thing that threw me off that I was expecting was I thought this would have to do with if they saw it. Yes. You know, so I I had in my mind this very ambitious idea of like managing line of sight. Mm-hmm. You know, I could crouch behind something, reload my gun, mm-hmm. and then if the enemy didn't see me, they wouldn't be able to reload their gun. Yeah. Something like that. Um, I understand why they didn't do that. That is probably a little bit 
technically complicated, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the way it works instead is the palace is on this kind of blackout cycle. Um, if the lights are on, the palace is watching you. And if you do something new, you'll see a little ghost image of you doing it. That means the palace has taken a picture. Mm-hmm. Um, after you've done enough actions, the palace goes into kind of a twilight mode. Um, this is the, the palace is getting ready to reboot. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do whatever you want. The enemy cannot see you. Yeah. There. Then, uh, it goes black. Uh, your suit freezes up so you can't move during this time. It's kind of implied that there's like a decent amount of time mm-hmm. that passes. Uh, and now the echoes can do anything that they saw you do during the light cycle. Uh, so the, this sounds incredibly cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't shoot, don't run. Yeah, that's pretty much it. There's your tactic for the entire game. Just if the lights are on, don't shoot and don't run and you will be fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's Echo for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Teaching them to do anything else is fine. I wish I wish that there were I wish that they did 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 more with it. I I really do. And there are uh, there are opportunities where you can see that they that they kind of had an idea of like oh like mm-hmm. you know like here is a cool implementation of this and either they couldn't get it to work successfully or you know ended up not being as fun or it was you know finicky and they're like no no let's just kind of keep this back so it is it is disappointing um you know mm-hmm. it's kind of kind of like uh, ordering something based on the appearance uh, like in the back of a back of a comic book when you were little and you get it and it's uh, yeah it's shitty yeah it's x-ray specs uh it's it's a little bit like that so you know and all those verbs that we that that we described the shooting the running things like that that that's pretty much what it is looking for um you know so if they shoot they have pretty poor aim if they sprint they're going to get up on you if they catch you sneaking uh, or if you end up Mm -hmm. sneaking a lot like they'll they'll do like little crouch walks it's hilarious to see uh, an enemy to see ai attempt stealth (laughs) they're not very good at it yeah uh you know they'll try to you know if you choke out a lot of people they'll try to get up behind you yeah you know basically and then there are also some you know opening doors activating elevators eating food yeah things like that that they'll do Mm -hmm. um they're generally safe like food yeah you know uh you can let them do that that plays into a kind of uh, a stamina system that is not very uh, developed primarily is your sprint yeah yeah um so basically once you Early on, before you figure out that rhythm, and you are playing uh, without thinking, it can be really fun because mm-hmm. you run during the light because you're playing a, a stealth action game where you have to go around an arena collecting orbs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, you do that. Once you figure out, like, oh, okay, that makes the next section really, really difficult. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to walk. Yeah. Uh, it gets, like, this weird mix of boring and frustrating. Mm-hmm. To, to go through the levels where I have to walk at this incredibly slow pace because I don't want to teach them anything. Yeah. They're not that smart. They're not that hard to avoid and mm-hmm. you can push them down and do a light jog away without teaching them to run almost with impunity. Like you mm-hmm. have a refresh on your push down, but like at some point I stopped playing this as a stealth game because I got so like frustrated doing it. Yeah. It was so slow paced mm-hmm. that I just started kind of doing a light jog push combination to get all the orbs and it worked just fine. Yeah, and then sprinting when it went dark. Same. One, yeah. Once you figure it out, like once the magic is gone, like it's really you know the you've seen Oz. Yeah. Like it and it and it's gone, baby, gone. Like mm-hmm. they introduce a couple new tricks near the end of the game, but very, very little, very, very late. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's just, 
it's the same kind of thing. It ends up being once you know once you know it, it's not very mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. You know. So it it just kind of like raises this question, and like I I still think a jam game is a really apt comparison to this, which is, you know, this is like an experiment. Is this cool concept? um worth all of the concessions that you would have to make in order to have it function right mm-hmm. um and a lot of a lot, a lot of concessions were made <laughs> you know yeah. uh to the point where the game again kind of gets in its own way um yeah. you know d- 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 disappointingly like it's a little i feel a little ridiculous saying that like lack of enemy variety is a problem here because that's kind of the whole concept here but also i don't know you, know, you end up fighting the same things it, it <laughs> is a problem yeah like yeah just and you know they and then they get you know they they get better at copying you as they go mm-hmm. you know they get better not uh in a gameplay way but in a, a physical way yes. you know they become less uncanny less deformed clones mm-hmm. um and that's cool looking but it doesn't have that much effect yeah, uh, yeah. if anything mm-hmm. so you know and and it would be the enemy lack of enemy variety wouldn't be a big problem without the lack of level variety yes which ended up actually being the thing that like killed it it's the reason why i don't think anyone should play it mm-hmm. like it's the thing that killed it for me yeah you know um, and they, you know, they, they said it in uh, developer uh interviews uh just like yeah the fact that enemies had to be able to do whatever you were able to do really limits um the amount of you know limits the kind of levels that they can make uh so they mm-hmm. end up being these very you know in the wireframe very simplistic big arenas um that you know and end up making the stealth feel pretty limp and arbitrary. Additionally, uh, in these anonymous spaces with these enemies that are pretty simplistic, uh, dealing with stealth without enemy routines or behavior or like desires, like you know, the mo- most basic intelligence, really, really hard to swallow right now. Yeah. Like back in 1998, we had en- we had enemies on defined patrols. You know, yeah. um, it it ends up being hard to get, like hard to navigate. Um, in a way that like I they, they've got really hard difficulties in this and I can't I cannot understand how anybody does it because if every enemy movement is at its base arbitrary you know predicting what they're going to do is uh, what enemies are going to do is a huge part of stealth right yeah yeah well it's why I stopped playing it as a stealth game yep you know and and I, I laud that you don't have to play it the way it wants you to play it mm-hmm. right well until like, the end like <laughs> until, yeah until, until the end and then it's yeah, yeah they, they, it up. they swap out the ruler for wrapping your knuckles with a fucking wakazashi yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> lining up each individual knuckle execution style and shooting off your fingers one by one yeah uh, i'm sick of those thumb dvds from 2008 <laughs> they gotta go yeah. <laughs> uh everybody remember thumb mania oh yeah i remember um, thumb mania yeah <laughs> weird cultural time that was uh <laughs> But yeah, it's it's a boy. So when we talk about the arena levels, right? So they feel like time splitters levels, yeah, with a different skin on them, kind of. Yeah. Um, they're just so everything is opulent. Um, they use uh, the Palace of Versailles as a, a point, you know, a reference point. Mm-hmm. But it's just waist high counters and rows of chairs, like in case people wanted to, it like like a waiting room outside of a courtroom, yeah, or something. Mm-hmm. You know, mostly every once in a while you will get a set piece, but I can, I cannot stress enough how every once in a while it is Yeah, that you will get something that like, Oh, this is a point of interest. Mm-hmm. It's not just a hallway that is themed a certain way. Yeah. You know, they're like symphony of the night levels. <laughs> yeah. Like, where it's just like, here's a maze, but we need a bunch of chairs and a certain musical cue and a certain design sensibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
you know, um, but in a 3D space, it makes no sense. Nobody uses the bathroom. There's no, <laughs> there's no nothing. There's no concession yeah. to this being a functioning space whatsoever. Yeah. And I can't tell you, you know, how scary this, I, I would find it if I was stuck in this position, just waking up in the middle of this, like this is a cool and uncanny thing, right? Mm-hmm. As a game though, where your primary verb is sneak and kill, uh, like that dog don't hunt. Yeah. Yeah, and then this came out after after Hitman, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Hitman twenty sixteen, and obviously the earlier Hitmans. So the idea that it is more fun to sneak and kill in a space that has predictable and social rules mm-hmm. uh, is is not new. Yeah, you know, uh, at this point, like I don't want to dog the developers too much with that. Yeah. you know, because they 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 wanted to tell the story they want to tell, and the story they wanted to tell was interesting. Mm-hmm. It's just a really unsatisfying place to do stealth. Yeah. You know, and it ties into that patrol thing you mentioned. Like, so if the characters that you're hiding from aren't making any sense or doing anything interesting and the locations you're in don't make any sense or aren't doing anything interesting, there's just not a lot there. Yeah. You know, I don't, I didn't, didn't know what to grab onto other than the the narrative, which again is cool, but I mm-hmm. would have gotten just from reading TV tropes Yeah, and been just fine. Um, coupled with these like very, very base uh, enemies and base areas are the objectives. I mentioned uh, collecting orbs, tons of these things. And yeah. we're talking orbs, man, where it's not like collect the three orbs all around the stage. It's like collect the 25 or 26 orbs. Yes. You have to run by lots of orbs mm-hmm. uh, or find a key and yep. then open the door. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. <laughs> uh, like you go back and forth between those two things, basically. And it's very fun because like, Outside of just getting to each of these, you know, uh, keys and getting to the place where you need to put them or getting to all the orb plinths or whatever, uh, orb plinth, that's my new cellar door. Um, Like, Mm -hmm. okay, yes, you have to sneak and fight your way to get there. Um, This doesn't interact with the, the key mechanic at all. The only mm-hmm. the only the only wrinkle that the learning system adds for this um, is uh, the fact that so, like later on when you grab a key that is an action that can be clocked by the palace and then eventually like that key might be on somebody that you need to you need to deal with as opposed to getting to a stationary place because they went and picked it up. Yeah. And then there's a there's a, a little micro puzzle with sitting in chairs. Yes, where you have to teach your little your clones to sit in chairs, like big mm-hmm. big girls. Yeah. Um, but th- that's basically it, and it's over the course of the whole game. Yes. Uh, it's just it it's shocking how bare bones this is in terms of like objective. Yeah. Um, we talked about this palace, uh, this impossibly large, endless palace that is the size of a planet. Um, that I I won't poo poo that. That's an incredibly cool idea. Mm-hmm. Like. It's it's really great the idea of just endless corridor after corridor after corridor that is exactly the same opulence. Mm-hmm. Really neat, yeah. like cool feeling. Great great little atmosphere there. Uh, it it doesn't last the entire game, but I don't want anyone to think I don't think that's badass because that is incredibly badass. Like the reveal of it, because I had no idea what to expect. But the reveal mm-hmm. when you when you land on it and you see this like sea of cubes and you walk down in between, like in this just very functional you know, technological, you know, almost like a, like, like a Giger uh, kind of kind of uh, design space in between. And then you break in and then, you know, like the light comes on like, oh, gosh, this goes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, like the, the, the distances that are represented to you between levels like, oh, you were you were asleep for three hours while you were on this elevator and you went down, you know, 300 kilometers. Yeah. <laughs> you it, know? It, it's also one of those games where you only go downward. Yes. 
like the entire time. Mm -hmm. uh, there's tons of one-way drops that you make. <laughs> um, that is a good feeling in yeah. horror. Yeah. You know? um, so like it, it, the, 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 there is horror to this. That uncanniness is a huge thing. And, and, and get out your bingo cards, House of Leaves. Uh, but also, yeah. you know, they explicitly like pulled from like Borges, right? Um, uh, the library of Bab Babel or Babylon, um, is, uh, is, is a thing that they have said, like, yeah, that was a huge inspiration for this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we're getting the way that the game tells its story is pretty neat because we are not getting, uh, codex no. dumps. Um, it's a conversation between N and your AI handler, uh, London it runs the ship that you stole. Um, and you don't necessarily like each other. Nope. Um, and they do the thing where they allude to little bits of this, the sci-fi world in this future really like, you know, it, it's very enticing. Yes. Like you just hear like, Oh, cool. You know, the great <laughs> blanket loop. Yeah. And you're like, I, I can't wait to learn more about that. And you maybe won't, mm -hmm. you know, you just get to figure out from context clues what that event was yeah. and what it did to the world. Um, it holds more back mm -hmm. than that. And that's something I think is really rare in games. Like, does not just sit down and just dump its entire world Bible on you. Mm -hmm. um, it's probably the thing that I admire the most yeah. about the game. Um, it's neat. It is it's cool the way it does it. It's just, it's so bifurcated. Mm -hmm. You know, you're just getting, you're, you're playing for these nuggets. You're working yeah. for the weekend. <laughs> the whole game. Just, you're going to be walking and talking uh, in between these VR challenges, either inside or out. Um, mm -hmm. And having again, this fun belligerent, back and forth uh between them um i love that neither of them explains something to the other that they would already know yeah uh, you know so like the, the, there is never any like cheating out toward the audience to try and make this you know to try and make this work for them that is a really confident move um mm -hmm. and like i initially felt a little at sea with it but they started answering questions you know, and elaborating on kind of the events that immediately immediately led up to this. And you know, they just did it in swoops, um, naturalistically through conversation. Uh, and it didn't answer everything, but I found the entire presentation really satisfying. And I want to know more about this world. Like, it left me, it is a, that, that, that is a rare balance to hit, making me feel satisfied, but also leaving me, like, curious about more. It has a real feeling like it's based on a series of novels that like a lot of people like that I'd never heard of. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, you, you haven't read the the palace novel novel, you know, planet mm -hmm. planet palace novels. <laughs> you know, no, yeah. I'd never even heard of those. And it's like, oh yeah, this is this is a cool adaptation of those. That's kind of what it feels like. Yeah. Uh valuable feeling. Mm-hmm. By no means worth the squeeze, but very valuable <laughs> feeling. I think. Yeah, it just, um, it just for for me, it makes the the, the 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 aesthetic triumph of this and the narrative triumph makes the mechanical short, shortcoming really heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is the only game by Ultra Ultra. Uh, this company it was founded in Copenhagen, Denmark, by developers who left IO Interactive, so they they are hitman vets. Mm -hmm. Um, and they had this idea for a planet spanning palace, uh, that came first before the adaptive AI enemy AI. Uh, once they kind of put those two together, everything else grew into fruition. Yeah. Um, they had a couple of different versions as they were trying to figure out, Hey, which version of this is fun. Uh, it used to be that the enemies would retain, uh, your verbs uh, and behaviors, uh, beyond, uh, just one cycle. Uh, and they found out that like, yeah, that's actually not very fun. 
uh, because if you uh, mistakenly introduce something uh, that for if you mistakenly introduce something that'll be a real problem for an area, you're not going to be getting rid of it for a while. That feels punitive. So they restricted it down to one cycle this time. Um, however, there is like a, a, an enhanced difficulty uh, mode that uh, bumps that up to two. Which sounds interesting, yeah. but also I'm not going to go back and play this game again unless somebody tells me they want this on Hexcrank. If if any of you, he's not going to do it <laughs> unless just one person says, "Hey, yep. do it," and then he will do it. He's drawn a line in the sand. It's very firm. As long as no one politely requests it, he's not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. oh. uh, that's what the two difficulty. Mo- I think that the next difficulty up is they retain for two cycles, and then the third difficulty up um, takes away your UI. Okay. Uh, which would be really fucking difficult. Yeah, I don't understand yeah. that. That um, just doesn't I, sound I, fun. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, that, that sounds real rough. Yeah. Uh, this game received pretty pretty positive reviews, uh, but made very little money. Yeah. Um, so thus, Ultra Ultra folded. Uh, even though I was not crazy about this game, I'm not happy about that. That's right. sad. You know, they might have been able to take this potential and do something cool with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I had never heard about this game. Um, I want, you know, I wonder how much of it is just the fact the, the fact that the people who played it, you know, didn't weren't, weren't crazy enough about it to, uh, to, you know, to sing about it on Twitter or on podcasts and stuff. Um, or if it was mm-hmm. like a marketing problem. I mean, this is, a, you know, a pretty I, I don't want to call it high budget because this is literally asset reuse the game, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know? Uh, so that like it's tricky to call it that but like this is it feels like an upscale indie game and when you're your, when you're your own publisher you don't have the air air support to like get this in front of people i just i can't believe i never heard about this until it came in uh from jeremy through the suggestion box through the uh Same. through the executive produ- production so yeah. uh, just, i can't help but wonder if there was something something that went wrong there usually when that happens for me it it it's games that came out during like a blackout period for me where I was just, you know, still playing video games. So I just wasn't plugged in. Yeah. Uh, th- you know, this game out in 2017, like we were doing the show, mm-hmm. I was more plugged in, Yeah, you know, or as plugged in as I ever have been and, and just had no idea. Yeah. So, um, even though the team didn't make another game on their own, um, a bunch of the team ended up working their way back to IO interactive. Yeah. So they worked on the excellent Hitman three mm-hmm. covered earlier this mm-hmm. year. Uh, yeah, good for them. Yeah, I'm curious about the movie adaptation uh, that is mm-hmm. in the works. Uh, they've got the screenwriter for John Wick, uh, Derek Kolstad, uh, penning the screenplay. Uh, I'm curious. Mm-hmm. I I would like to I would like to see if they uh, I would like to see if this story requires it to be a game or not. <laughs> Basically, yeah. it's it's almost like they'll either end up doing you know, without spacing out the exposition between these gameplay portions, Mm -hmm. it will still feel like it's dumping information Mm -hmm. to it. And the gameplay, like, you know, generally a a movie will have like five action scenes at most. Yeah. yeah. You know, in it, like, and they just tend to be your all big set pieces now. Mm -hmm. So I think it's going to be, it's going to be a tough putt to adapt it like that. Like I, I, what I wanted from this in terms of that would, would be a book where it wasn't about being on this planet or like when she was on the planet, she had a couple encounters with the clones and they were scary. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a nonstop orb fest. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I, and you know, we just watch it for adaptation decay. Yeah. Like yeah. We watch it for work. If it comes out.
So uh, let's get into it. Uh, and this is mostly us going to be talking about that dialogue. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, never before have there been like a use Zelda across the dungeon <laughs> as much as this. Like you echo across Versailles. Yep. 85% of the runtime of this. Yeah. So uh, from one cupola, you just kind of like crouch walk uh, behind some chairs to another cupola. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and we're going to describe and so it in real time. Yes. Uh, th- then I stood up and ate a. a grape for no reason yeah but then not I one of the bad grapes i ate the good the good grape yes yeah i ate the good grape <laughs> give me good grape <laughs> um yeah starting with chapter one arrival uh we've got this narration opening talking about this paradise uh that everyone wanted to go to but our main character and you know never wanted to go there but uh she ended up there anyway uh and mm-hmm. it becomes clear right away that we are headed to that paradise Yes. Uh, you wake up on this lit operating table uh, and you have some kind of injury and you've been in stasis for a hundred years. Yeah. Uh, this has huge Hellblade feelings like the slow walk during narration and then the credits eventually pop up as well. Mm-hmm. Um, big Hellblade you know, level of interactivity. Yeah. Feeling. yeah. Um, a voice addresses you from the this medical bay uh, and it's talking down to you. This actor is, he's in like Game of Thrones and a couple other things. Okay. He sounds just like the dude from Vampire. Oh. And Call of Cthulhu to me. Jonathan? Yeah. 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 Like I was just like, oh, this is, the, this is that guy. <laughs> uh, it's not. Okay. It's like a voice double. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just a, just a real stuffy, you know, down talking uh, kind of, uh, not, not quite butler. But uh, definitely an Englishman who wants to give you a talking to um, yeah. th- the idea that you're waking up after 100 years and like very early on, he says, oh, everybody that you knew and loved is dead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and the fact that like these long halls are just a part of this of, of this world, there's no faster than light travel. So if you're good, if you need to go a long distance, you need to go in stasis and then wake up. So like the fact that you have this whole class of people who end up going on long hauls um and kind of wake up completely distanced from everything in terms of time as well is super hostile and it like mm-hmm. it starts you right away on this note of like oh there's nowhere to go back to yeah i mean you, you don't get a real strong sense that n had anywhere to go back to oh no no this like you get her her background and stuff but this is a really weird like world of three people mm-hmm. you know that they deal with like they're three or three or four people like the main characters in this are very much the main characters yeah and, isolated in that way like there's not really a sense of what life is like yes you know in um, either period yeah but uh and fires back at him you know she also is just uh giving him shit she's promising that she will bring foster back um that is kind of her mission here to bring this man named foster back to life um and you know she is playing with this lighter that she has this ornate lighter um, something that Foster must have given to her. In fact, her having this is the only reason that uh, that London agreed to the trip. Yeah, the spaceship. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so we get up and we're walking down the halls over credits and stuff, and uh, we learn that Foster is linked to some kind of cube that's on the ship. He's part <laughs> cube. Yep. Um, you know, in opposition of the orbs. <laughs> uh, and we find out that N showed up on the ship. She was injured, and she demanded they depart a week ahead of schedule. It's very funny, like when you're, you're going to be a hundred years mm-hmm. uh, in stasis and saying I go a week ahead of schedule. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm now. Yeah, oh, just a, less less than one half of a percent of this yep. of this trip, give or take. Yeah, 
Uh, much less, actually. Quick fractions of my head. The, yeah, I sound like an idiot just there. Right. Yeah. Well, no, you don't. It's, it's, you know, no one expects you to do that, that math problem right off, off the top <laughs> yeah. of your head, buddy. Right. Yeah. Um, but like, you're walking out and you get to this kind of like observation deck area and you're looking out this window down on this huge glowing white planet. Uh, and you're like, okay, yeah. are you going to go to that? This looks like a sun. Uh, yes, she's going to go. She needs a suit and she ends up putting on Foster's old suit. This is Foster's ship. Yes. Uh, so we get our credits as we, we kind of fly down to the surface in this lander and we're looking for a palace. Uh, but this, this planet, uh, you know, this undetectable planet here is actually the entire thing is the structure. We land on this one cube on this gigantic sea of cubes mm-hmm. and start descending down these little walkways between the cubes. Yes. Uh, while we're fighting with the ship. Yes. Um, Foster new ends grandfather, uh, grandpa as he's referred to. And London knew Foster for 150 years. Um, those are our four characters, basically. Yes. Uh, and London, Foster, Gramps. Yeah. Yep. Um, F- Foster was the one who had the coordinates to this place. Uh, this place that nobody's supposed to know. It's uh, how you're supposed to get there. Uh, at one point, N's grandfather uh, had fired, uh, had hired Foster to, tra- blah, had hired Foster in London to track down N. Um, and, and at this mm-hmm. point, you know, he's talking to her like a spoiled rich kid because that's kind of what she is. It's more complicated than that. But, you know, just he has a uh, he has a uh, d- disdain for her, you know, a runaway mm-hmm. kid with a gambling problem. Um, and the foster was sent after her to recover something that the, that the, she stole. Yeah. So we, so we have foster and the ship are kind of like bounty hunters or like people for hire. Yeah. Uh, and they've been brought into this family squabble. Um. N thinks that uh, this palace will bring Foster back. And this will be a continuous fight between them, London calling N naive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, he keeps saying, you resourcefuls. Uh, the yeah. resourcefuls are some kind of like cult of artful dodgers. Yeah. Uh, that were made by Gramps. Um, you know, this is not a biological grandpa. This no. is like a, you know, like a Fagin. Yeah. Uh, figure. Is that the guy who, uh, who had the artful dodgers? Yeah. Yeah. Except he doesn't yeah. just hire urchins. He genetically engineers them. <laughs> yeah why make your own urchins yeah you know byu <laughs> um the uh so uh and we find out that the ai of the ship london is a very old ai from something before something called the requisition yeah so it's antique and she uh, teases the ai a lot later yeah um good good on this for not being a game about an evil ai yeah like the fact that he was constantly discouraging you, I was like, "Oh, he knows something." No, uh, he doesn't. He's just a jerk. Yeah, like uh, just, we're we're gonna find out. He's he's limited. So yeah. he he is not omniscient. He has access to information that like sensors and scanners would have, but uh, he is yeah. not all powerful uh, by design. The the one of the cooler background details in this, in terms of world building, is how it handles AIs. Yeah, you know all the all the stuff about how like oh we thought we'd be scared of you. Mm-hmm you know, uh, is really cool. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> uh, so you get inside the palace, uh, for chapter two Genesis, you use your gun, uh, to blow the hatch open. Like all of your systems are, uh, are activated one by one. So like, it's kind of like Metroid, uh, uh, whatever it is. Uh, yeah. other M there we go where mm-hmm. your, your yeah. suit functions have to be activated by somebody else, but you blow open the hatch and you walk in and it's beautiful. Uh, moreover, it matches Foster's description, or Foster's description of it and Gramps's description. This palace made for humans by ancient, ancient technology, but, uh, untouched by human hands. So this is a myth that ends up being real. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to overstate how slow the pace is. Yeah. During those first two chapters, um, you get 
uh, I got the run mm-hmm. function about an hour into the game. <laughs> like I could run. Yeah. You know, before that, you cannot do it. So just know, like, we're going through this stuff really quickly, but you were spending a lot of time atmospherically walking through this. Yes. Which is what gave me the Hellblade vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, and thanks to this uh, device here, will bring Foster back. And London calls it a soul sucker, uh, this cube that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in order to do this, we have to power up the palace. Right. So we uh, we cruise around through. We're running into this kind of little collectible in the game. These uh, tuning forks that were sourceful is called voices. Um, we strike it. We get a little pop up that shows uh, the suit decoding the the sound. And this is a little collectible that will give us a poem. Yeah. Uh, if we do them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not get them all, and I looked at the poem. Uh, you know, this flavor know. stuff. Yeah, yep, and yep. not 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 really uh, like answers. Yeah, yeah, not uh, not worth uh, collectathon mm-hmm. for. Yeah, I hit one of if I hit them if they were on my way, um, but I did not like go out of my way to be detected in order to get to mm-hmm. one. You know, no. yeah. Um, so, uh, again, insisting that there's a way to bring Foster back from the cube, uh, her grandfather grants the founder, the founder of these resourcefuls, you know, kind of just then like, yeah, I, I believe in this because my genes were selected, you know, to make me, you know, believe that everything about me is, to, is, is a religion dedicated to this place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's this, the scepter, uh, that we need to find that has this gravity charge. And it's the middle of these spinning, uh, gold rings that are kind of gyroscoping around, and this is a test that Gramps put the resourcefuls through where they put you in the middle of these rings and you have to get out uh, and they're moving very quickly. So it's like jumping through fan blades, yeah, uh, basically. And the idea is it's, te- you know, you sit there and you're safe, but as you wait, uh, you know, you start to starve. So you get run down and your odds of escaping decrease. It's like teaching the resourcefuls to not hesitate. Yes. Uh, during mm-hmm. these things. And this made me think that there was going to be like as my verbs unlocked, I would get a lot more acrobatic. Yes. Uh, cause the character does that, mm-hmm. you know, in the past, but you never do anything quite that you know, mobile yeah. in the game. Yeah. There's no, uh, there, there's no like slow down the perception or speed up the perception of time to slow things down. Um, yeah. Yeah. That kind of implies, implies that you do have to like wait for the power to go off to get through some of these later on. Uh, but this is yeah. just a, like a little bit of a detail. Um, full of thrilling weight action <laughs> yeah only, waiting waiting holds it holds it holds only, it only the patient need apply <laughs> echo got time on your hands <laughs> um you try to use the scepter which is a key um but uh it doesn't immediately work and then has this uh has this crisis uh, because she's thinking like, okay, my grandfather, he did all of these translations and translation, you know, proper, uh, proper noun has a capital T on that bad boy. Um, uh, but like, it might've been for nothing. And this process is described because London's like, okay, so you're saying translations that to me looked like murder, but they take people mm-hmm. before, before they're dead, before they, before they die. And they're put on the silver table, uh, and something in the table pierces their body and consumes them from the inside out, um, leaving only a cube. And this kind of is one piece of a puzzle uh, in this little adage that they had, that the flesh and soul shall enter the palace through separate doors. Um, but only there's a second part to that, which is, but like, but, you know, but only the worthy will join them or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's the, like, you know, what TV tropes they call arc words. Yes. For the game. It, the game opens with that as a little quote. Yes. You know, 
Um, so N, I ended up doing this to Foster, trying to preserve him, you know, and this is why London is constantly saying, you killed him. He's like, no, I translated him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this adage, uh, N never thought too deeply about means that you can't just retranslate, yeah. uh, you know, directly. Um, but she's not going to give up. She's going to find something. Yes. You know, so, uh, we go through the door and the ceiling has this like great soft glow. That's like almost bioluminescent, mm-hmm. uh, glow. Uh, it's these, these chemicals that are used to light for evacuations um, as you're trying to find a way to turn it on. Uh, and here I'm still really on board. Yes. Like this looks really cool and this is very creepy. Yeah. Um, and London finds an energy signature and puts the waypoint on your HUD to send you uh, towards that. Yeah. Um, and that energy signature is pointing you to uh, this uh, marble throne that is positioned in front of a door. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, through there you find this raised altar with a translation bed and, uh, this white beam that will read the cube. So this is like a, this is a set piece. Uh, it's a distinct functional, mm-hmm. uh, functional place. When we put the cube in the beam, there's this huge shockwave and pulses of electricity, uh, cause the light fixture in the palaces to fire and waves down the hall, kind of directing you. This is really cool. Uh, down here. Yeah. It looks super cool. Just the, 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 the pulses of light just running down these miles long hallways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looks, it looks awesome. Yeah. Um, when we, uh, when we get the cube back in our suit, we get a waypoint and now we can open doors. Uh, there's also a little touch here. Uh, is this when we first run into the doors that have the spikes that pop out when you try to open them? <laughs> Just about. Yeah. Yeah. Those are so funny. I love that. I, well, and, and the little <laughs> emblem in the center uh, turns from a face to a skull. <laughs> yeah. A little angry. Like it's, it looks like a normal doll door. When you get close to it. The face turns into a skull and spikes come out. <laughs> uh, you can't. Like, I don't think you can hurt yourself in these. Like, it no, happens before no. you get up close to them. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think they're trying to send you a hint to go another yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's a way for them to keep the areas uh, symmetrical while only having some doors open up. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So you can open these doors and you can uh, use these gyroscopes that you find uh, to power up your suit to get your uh, to get your energy back. Um, and as you're doing this, the palace, uh, as the lights are doing this cool little dancing thing, starts kind of charging up this incalculable amount of energy. Uh, and then it discharges it, causing this uh, this uh, this brief blackout. Basically, it's doing like a self EMP almost. Yeah. Uh, you wake back up uh, after this. Your senses come back on and the place is now lit uh, and there's air like your, your helmet uh, de deploys. Mm-hmm. Um, there are flowers that have grown in the urns yep. that were there. Uh, then it blacks out again. We're on this kind of rhythm where yeah. new things are happening every time in between these blackouts. Mm-hmm. Um, I kept expecting a jump scare yeah. as it faded back up, you know, um, instead of a jump scare, you find these kind of bits of like chunky little bits of dark flesh. It looks the like the, uh, like the, um, uh, nano machine goo from, um, Soma. Oh, sure. Yeah, like that I, corruption. I, it looks like, yeah. I thought it looked like that or like the stuff that's all over uh, Elysial. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, on the ground. Yeah. I just, I, I, I prefer this to a jump scare, actually. Like the first, oh, yeah, imp- the, the, the first imperfection that you see. Like it's the first thing you've seen that's not marble or gold. It's just, you know, in the middle of the floor in front of you. Some junk. Yeah. And then as you I, go. I didn't want a jump scare. I just yeah. thought there would be one. I was, I was worried. But like the, the disturbing impl- implication and the slow, the slow dread of the rollout is very good. Uh, because again, these blackouts continue. And as you go, the chunks get bigger and more numerous. Uh, and then they start mm-hmm. moving. Uh, they're wiggling. Yeah. <laughs> Real good. Like, very creepy. Yeah. Um, your suit sees it as an animal, so it'll show you how close you are to it. Yeah. 
the chunks, you know, over the course of these blackouts congeal into a torso. And now your suit thinks it's a threat. Mm-hmm. They're trying to walk and trying to get towards you. And there is nothing, very few things better than like a sad, incomplete clone trying to emulate being a human, mm-hmm. like trying to walk and falling. Yeah. Um, that's one of the best you know spooky tropes oh yeah yeah because there's an inherent pathos to that like i want to get away from this but there's also a part of me that wants to help it because it looks like a like a like a toddler or baby deer or something like that yeah really really good yeah um they now kind of form crude copies of you like they're walking and they're not coming after you they eventually kind of look a little bit like you and one of them attacks yeah i mean get a grab where you have to mash the button to to de-grab this is how we learn about our invincibility time or invincibility time rather mm-hmm. um we end up running in this long hallway full of these echoes and london the patronizing ship brings your gun back online he had turned it off because he's <laughs> chiding you because he's an asshole earlier right right uh and this is where you learn about shooting through lines you know you can hit hit a finger or dead center it doesn't matter it's always yeah. deadly mm-hmm. um but the copies as you you take out this line of them you know more blackouts they're getting better they're getting faster uh and getting more competent uh, they start uh, kind of looking for you. They start doing uh, crude patrols, and they never get better than than doing crude patrols. But like by the time it introduces stealth, you're in this grid of hallways. You know, kind of a classic, yeah. uh, classic environment uh, for figuring out how to get past them. And you have not expanded your energy enough, and there's not enough recharges around to rely on combat uh, to treat this like an action game uh, right now. No, uh, you get your riot gun function. As you you run into a bunch of them at once. Uh, And then there's a little barrier that we have to vault over. And when we do, we leave a little afterimage, an impression. We're going to find out later this is the palace taking a picture of you. Yeah. um, Of your move. But uh, we get to the next main gate. uh, It's locked by this throne that is too far away from the door. And we cannot reach this in time. So London allows you to run. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, This is the thing that's like it's an hour, hour and a half into the game. (laughs) Um, He unhobbles your legs. It's incredible. And yeah. and he's like, You just got out of cryo sleep. I wouldn't run. And you're like, I don't care. I need to be able to run. Yeah. And then me as the player who's doing the video game, I'm like, Are you Ooh, you're gonna <laughs> sprinting 90 minutes into my fucking game? <laughs> I will slap you. Uh, just uh Oh man. Uh, so we can get through the door in time now because we can we can run. Yes. Yeah. Um, and this next area, uh, everything that you do is observed by the station, uh, kind of leaving these imprints. Uh, there's a strange energy on this pedestal that activates a new interface around the cube um, uh, that actually counts down how many ener- energy orbs you need to find before the central pavilion will open. Um, and this is, you know, a big open area that I found it very difficult to stealth through um, this yeah. big, big open symmetrical place. Yeah. And again, you don't really need to, but you don't know that you don't need to. Yeah. At this point, you know, that, that's a, a weird, frustrating thing. Like the way it's communicating to you how you should play it. Mm-hmm. Like this should have been, you know, an area that was easier to stealth through. And then they should have opened up like, well, actually, though, if you want to just go balls out, you can. Yeah. Yeah. You know, instead of starting with something where it's almost impossible to play it stealthily. Yeah. You know. Because I would argue that that expectation is set when you go to the Steam uh, page and it says yeah. stealth in one of the top tags. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, you, you can barely do it in the first big arena mm-hmm. of the game. 
Um, once you get the orbs, the requisite orbs, uh, the central pavilion opens and you can go inside. There's an elevator. You always fall asleep on the elevator because they're really long elevator rides <laughs> and they keep getting comically larger and larger. Yeah. Uh, the ship wakes you up and it's like, you've gone down, you passed out there for a minute. You went down 55 kilometers. So we're yeah. going literally down in the center of this planet, this palace planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're just at the, the, the impossibly huge, impossibly deep uh, as we're going down. Um, while you're sleeping, uh, the suit will decode the voices uh, I'd never got enough to, uh, decode the, uh, the poem, but, uh, like mm-hmm. it is done in this cool kind of like analog way where it just like the, it is warped. Uh, like it's, it's like, it's got like a little warp filter over it. The more of the voices that you get, it, uh, it reduces that filter. Yeah. And that's over the course of the game. Yes. Um, it's not like you can get the poem in this first room. Right. Or this first elevator. Um, you collect enough voices over the course of the game to see the poem at like at the end, basically. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm an, a poem appreciator. Yeah. Uh, and I did not do this. And when I looked it up, I was like, oh, I'm glad I didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, a poem appreciator. I'm not a collectible appreciator. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if you had to collect poems, <laughs> that's that's very different. I, li- I like to buy my poems already in collections. Yeah. Yeah. I like I like I, pre- I prefer a collected poem. Like buying a single poem is a bad, <laughs> you know, you don't have to do that. <laughs> Um, so this moves us into chapter three, purity. Yeah. Uh, and when we get out in the chamber here, uh, this area has these kind of shallow decorative pools and, uh, it's still teaching us the conceit. Yeah. Yes. Cause when we walk in there, the character will notice like, oh, they won't walk into the water. Yeah. Uh, but when we step into the water, we do get that little imprint, which we don't know exactly what that means yet. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Um, so uh, the idea is we can teach them to walk in water. Mm-hmm. Or teach them, you know, teach them as possible. Yeah, and there's yeah. a there's a plate of grapes here as well. Uh, they're edible. You know, <laughs> just London's like, like hey, right? hey, those could be poisonous. Don't don't you? And they're just like, no, she just went goes and grabs them. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, ancient grapes. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, those flowers look fresh. It's fine. Uh, but yeah. uh, the, the the green grapes they will restore your stamina. Uh, whereas the 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 purple grapes, the the, the light blue ones, those will reduce it. Yeah. Yeah. There are good grapes and bad grapes in this game. Yeah. So if you're a fan of grapes, mm-hmm. uh, the the camera, the palace notices you eating grapes. So theoretically, I guess you could like eat the bad grapes to teach the echoes to eat bad grapes. Yeah. Um, I did not eat a lot of grapes because your stamina will recharge on its own. Pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next cha- uh, chamber uh, seems real easy because uh, you walk through this water to get the key, but then there's a blackout and now the echoes will come into the water as well. Mm-hmm. So as previously you had impunity and now it's like, Oh crap. All right. Yes. They're definitely learning from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and the next one is very similar, but with doors. Yeah. Um, we have to open doors and teach them to open doors. Um, and this is where N puts it together. Yeah. You know, the, the palace uh, works on these cycles. It takes pictures in the light and then the uh, echoes can after the blackouts learning and unlearning in kind of a cycle. Yeah. Um, and then you reach a story tunnel. <laughs> yeah. 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 As you yeah. run, as you run down it, uh, the echoes who are pursuing you just kind of like fall into inactivity. It's like you, you have stepped out of the operative field. Like they, they, they uh, I mean, spoiler, the cube needs to be uh, reachable for them, for them to even, yes. uh, to, to even move. Right. Um, and you go back outside the palace, like you go through this airlock, uh, and this is where the majority of the long conversations between you and London take place as you're walking down these, you know, like kind of like semi-destroyed walkways. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Giger is a good point of reference for these. 
Um, the, uh, so, and during this time, uh, you know, N, uh, so L- London is talking about how, you know, oh, there's a logic to them. These had to have been designed, these echoes. Mm-hmm. And N uh, talks to London about the competition of the resourcefuls. Um, you know, again, this kind of Ender's Game-esque, you know, brutal position that Gramps put them in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he would present his teachings not as religious dogma, but as logic. Yeah. And the, uh, this program that they're in basically ensured that they all would follow through that that logic to Gramps' conclusion. Yeah. So it's it's a cult. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, basically. Basically, just it, it, tra- trapped in his patterns. Uh, and what this cult was designed to do is super cool when they reveal it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's great. <laughs> Again, super cool source book. Yeah. Yeah. You know, somewhere in this. Yeah. Uh, so you get back inside and you find your first save point. Uh, it's this archway that has a suspended pseudoscience field in it. That pseudoscience is all of your data for that exact moment. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm conflicted because I, you know, it, having more of these would make the design of the space weird. Uh, but there were definitely points later on when I'm gathering, you know, 50, 60 cubes, uh, and I can't like get to one of these because you rapidly, uh, deplete the orbs that are near the, uh, near the archways. Uh, yeah. so like had to do a lot of recollecting, <laughs> recollecting orbs, uh, yeah. uh in, in between, in between archways, the, the, the checkpointing in this is incredibly hostile. This complicated Pac-Man. Yeah. You know, and like the collecting the orbs is not that fun in the first place, but every <laughs> time I died and had to redo something, yeah. I was pretty frustrated because it, it has very little replay value to collect these orbs. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like I would lose and then I would try something different, mm-hmm. you know, like adjust and iterate on my tactics. I would lose, know where an enemy was, and then just push them down and run a slightly more convoluted route yes. to get to the orb. So it wasn't, I mean, I guess I was revisiting my tactics, but not in a way that felt like super satisfying or complicated enough because we have this very limited verb set yeah. in this felt, game. Like, yeah. It felt a little bit like uh, like, like memorization, not aided so much by the fact that there is a uh, that your camera is on you really tight. Um, and yeah. no matter how much you have this sphere that is showing that there are people behind you, um, uh, just it, that there's not enough granularity to it to like, let you know that like, oh shit, like they're going to be here and attack you, uh, like right yeah. away. So things can like get the jump on you, especially if you teach them to do that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so there's a section with a bunch of elevators, uh, where you have to go up and down at different points of these, uh, mezzanines in order to advance. We eventually find this like corruption that's in the hallways. Uh, this is something that I wanted their, them to do more stuff with. Yeah. Uh, this is real weird. When you touch it, it instantly spawns a blackout. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't fix the corruption. It moves it somewhere else, <laughs> you know, and th- there's a lot of dialogue about how like, Oh, the, it, the, you know, the janitor function, basically the palace is doing this. Yeah. The idea of being able to trigger blackouts mm-hmm. ahead of schedule is a cool gameplay. Function it is. Of this. I feel like there's maybe four of these that show up in the entire game. Yeah. And they're not like, like they, it, they don't it, use them. They don't feel intentionally placed. <laughs> no, like not where you'd want to maybe trigger a blackout. Yeah. Um, really weird. Quite so, strange. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also where you find our glass orb that we can use <laughs> to, uh, you know, the bricks from, from last of us. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the next big challenge here, this is keys, uh, but you have to get two of them from opposite ends of the chamber and bring them into the center. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, this is where the echoes, you know, but when you pick up the first one, if you do it, when the lights on the other, the other key will become mobile, um, and, yes. uh, complicate your efforts a little bit. And then we get another orb uh, level. Uh, and this is where it's this multi-floor chamber. And this is where like the orbs, you know, it's like collect 40 orbs. Like it's a lot of orbs. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And that is what wraps up this chapter. Going on to chapter four, vitality. Yeah. Um, uh, this lift, we go down even you know twice as much as last time. This is 90 kilometers. Mm-hmm. And uh, we start off walking down this kind of impossibly long series of terrace chambers. Uh, just endless, endless stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are uh, pianos that show up here. Yeah. Um, we can play uh, these. And uh, this will make the echoes play the piano, which we can then sneak up on behind them if we'd like. Yeah. Uh, they repeat this with harps uh, a little bit later mm-hmm. on. Uh, the trade-off here being when you play the piano, they will hear you if they're within a certain amount of, t- amount of uh, 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 distance. Space. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, a tantalizing detail that is never explained, but one of the um, uh, kind of decorations here uh, and points them out, uh, they're called man cages, uh, which appear to just be like sarcophagi or Iron Maiden kind of things. Do you think they might be cages for men? Maybe. Yeah. The the, the, the mystery around this, I laughed out loud so hard. <laughs> We're like, like London, you know, London's like, what are those? Like, you don't want to know. It's, a, it's, it's called man cage. Yeah. <laughs> so car hold, what's that for? <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> so if I if I call this mysterious, uh, N is, you know, kind of freaked out about it. Uh, as I'm like, oh, I like you know, at one point she says, I don't know how anybody could relax. Like, what kind of paradise has man cages around? I would like yeah. to know her story of the first time she was put in one, or like the worst time she saw a resourceful put in one, or if there was some other like lesson that was done with that. Or like, you know, we've seen a sacrificial altar that turns somebody into a cube. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, did the man cages do something like that? Like there, 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 there is an implied, like, you know, there's implied to be more to this than just a torture device. Which is why I call well, this cool I, and good. <laughs> I think the implication is that they're on display. Yeah. Like we're in this like this opulent area and then these cages are set up. I think they just had people in cages like you might at a dance club in Vampire the Masquerade mm. bloodlines, you know, uh, except in a less sexy way. Yeah. I mean, to you. you. Know, I assume that they, they're entertainment cages. Human zoos. <laughs> Charles entertainment <Zoo>. cages. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the, uh, and my daughter looked up at me and cried and said, no more Charles entertainment cages, mommy. And we both <laughs> cried because we knew that life had gotten better. Um, the, uh, I, I assume that they were on display for, you yeah. know, uh, the opulent, uh, folk. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, uh, there's this floor that rises and lowers restricting access. So we need to get there to get this key. Uh, once we get this, um, we step outside and we're among these pillars that N describes having this like thrumming bass. Yeah. Uh, and Lennon says, no, this is electrical. This is, these are hyperconductors. Yeah. Uh, here. Yeah. And, you know, this is, this is how, this is how the palace keeps in sync. You know, N calls it veins flowing with answers, you know? So like just uh, the, the, those pulses, that is a huge amount of data that is passing at a planetary scale. Uh, quite yes. cool and good. Uh, London mm-hmm. again is just undercutting you saying, Hey, like no matter how impressive this is, it's not going to bring Foster back. Like, and also you, you, you've seen what happens here. No sane force, be it man or whatever would design something like this. The, the horrible, you know, the, the, the horrible clones, them trying to kill you, stuff like that. Like this is not a benevolent thing. Yeah. I, I, I'm very happy because you know, I think that London has a point like N isn't going through with, she's like, Oh, there's gotta be an answer here. Mm-hmm. And it felt like, you know, when I thought that the writing in this game was going to be worse than it actually is, I was like, Oh, they're doing like a, you know, the AI doesn't have faith because yeah. it's an AI, 
you know, and, and it's better than that. Yes. Like they, they don't steer headlong into that cliche. Yeah. Into the, you know, the baby of the second episode that data was in. <laughs> yeah. It, it doesn't. There's some the like some data yeah. to, to London. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's going on and he is wrong. Like there is, you know, something here, but they yeah. don't spend a whole lot of time talking about like you just had to have faith in your, your machine. Yeah, that kind. Of, no, no, and just like it, and it, <laughs> the 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 fact that London necessarily has to operate like a human, a uh, human with mm-hmm. very like a very limited perspective, uh, you know, because because he's, he's, he's a ship, um, you know, like N has insight into this because she is more aware of like. The, the 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 moving and shaking of these immensely wealthy houses of people, like you know, like dune houses, right? Like, you know, yeah. you get enough resources, you can just long haul off in a direction with people or the ability to, you know, set up an AI to, you know, to to manufacture a workforce for yourself, and you can build whatever you want, any kind of planet where you would like to, you know, especially during this period of humanity called the push. And so, like, I look at this place and, like, yeah, it's hostile, but, like, what I am what I see is a retirement plan. Like, this is a place where this house could go and live and rule, specifically over this ever-replicating set of echoes, acting as a lower caste, basically as, as, as sports, right? Yeah, yeah. That, that's what made me think the man cages were just people yeah. sticking in cages. I love that you have that insight, uh, or not you, N. And mm-hmm. the game has that insight and you're explaining it by virtue of not being a vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> the car is trying to explain to you how the world is. And you have to be like, listen, I'm not a car. I don't, yeah. I don't want to flex my privilege too hard, but I'm not a vehicle. Yeah. So I maybe know a little bit something about the motivations of people. Right. Right. <laughs> you know? Oh um, man. Uh, the creators expected to be gods here and they designed everything to remind them that they were incredibly yeah. cool. Yep, yep. Uh, Gramps was raising the resourcefuls in order to belong here, uh, but he probably wasn't invited. Uh, his call were going to be like gate crashers. We're going to break in and assimilate him with the, the upper caste. Yeah. So all that yeah. stuff he was having the resourceful do the, the resourcefuls do it was he was karate kidding them. <laughs> it was like, yeah. yes, I am preparing you, uh, body, mind, and soul to pass the tests of this of this paradise that was built. You know, so yeah, we can get inside. Scary, boring planet without a Roku TV. <laughs> uh, do you like sitting? Because if so, there are a lot of options for it on Paradise Planet. <laughs> what you don't want is a shortage of chairs. That's just the, yeah. it's just impossible. Yeah, everybody gets to sit. It has it has roughly half of the amenities of a jury waiting room. <laughs> uh, typically, yeah, you could live in for eternity. Yeah, yeah. So. There's there there there's no there's no pump thermos of uh, two day old coffee there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, this one's too machine for my paradise. Yeah, uh, our paradise is the world's easy, the, the universe's easiest game of musical chairs. <laughs> exactly, like everybody gets their own wing <laughs> of the of the palace, uh, but unfortunately, it's just chairs. Yes, and it sounds like I'm being snarky. Like I understand that they, it's sparsely decorated for that feeling of a horror, and this was designed by an AI. Mm-hmm. What it thinks people would like. <laughs> uh, how much did you want to actually see the part past this though, where it was the pleasure planet for the idle rich? Oh my God. I, I really wanted to, I wanted to get behind the scenes like so he, much. Yeah. So badly. Like, man, can you imagine like just, you know, the idea they're like, Oh, where they're going to raise the, these, uh, these echoes for sport and like as a lower cast, like, and that's, that's really cool. Show me the arena where they're going to fight. What are they mm-hmm. going to have them do? 
show me the breeding pens show me the like you know the quarters for them like give me the the immersive sim dna Mm -hmm. that i want that makes places feel like real places yeah you know and that's why you know this making the choice to commit to the endless anonymous hallway lost a whole lot because Mm -hmm. we just get told what the space is going to be used for we never actually see it in a way that would like fire the imagination yeah you know give me an operating theater like here's the vivisection lab where we have these people learn surgery on each other, mm-hmm. and then what with you know opera glasses next to the uh, next to the the chairs <laughs> in, the, in the wings. Like there's so many cool ideas you could do with this you know this evil upper class yeah you know on a palace planet, and it just does it just doesn't do them mm-hmm. you know yeah bleh bleh. Um, of course, we can't live in this cool world of the possibility uh, forever because we go in and we have an orb. We have an orb chamber. Uh, multi-floors mm-hmm. here. Uh, this is where they introduce extendable bridges. Uh, this ends up being pretty useful because uh, uh, these bridges can only extend from one side. So you can actually, mm-hmm. by always extending a bridge during uh, d- during a light cycle, it increases the, uh, the the odds that one of the echoes will extend a bridge for you. That would have been a pain to get to. Uh, once we get through this, we get to Chapter 5, Oblivion. Uh, we take a lift uh, down 116 kilometers. Uh, this area is a little bit dimmer, but largely looks similar. Yeah. Uh, and we need a key to go forward. This is inside a big set of golden rings. Um, we don't have to dash through the golden rings. We just wait for a blackout. Yeah. And then walk in. So we just have to trigger a blackout. Uh, once we do this, the way forward is seemingly blocked and we sit on this throne to open a door, but it is too far to sprint. Yes. There. Um, and we notice that there's another door that's a little bit ajar because of a corruption that was there. Uh, she thinks she can squeeze through. Um, London says, hey, don't try it. And as soon as we do, uh, the it goes dark. Yeah. Uh, like the palace like holds N up. Uh, like magnetically mm-hmm. uh, kind of frozen in space and the foster cube, which has been attached to her back this entire time um, has been uh, ripped off um, and they're separated. It's on the other side of the door. And now you are uh, without your door opener. Uh, like, yeah. And we need to get a hold of this. Like if you lose that cube, there's no reason to be here. Yep. Uh, and London, the vehicle uh, rightfully calls you out on this whole thing. Yeah. Like, you know, there, there's a lot of uh, London being like, oh, you just took away our only chance to save Foster and her being like, oh, so you believe now? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of that back and forth going yeah. back. And here she uh, the ship calls her out is like, hey, you know, uh, you being part of this, like, not only, you know, I don't dislike you because you're resourceful it's because you're arrogant. Like, you think that you have the answers to life, death and everything, mm-hmm. you know, and you're just one person. And N says, well, I, I'm young. You know, I haven't lived that long, but you're a dead end. You know, and it's really mean mm-hmm. that, you know, how does it feel to struggle to keep up with a baby girl while all the other AI run man's business without barely noticing? Yeah. You know, it, uh, he's capped like AI are capped. Yeah. Like, yeah. at like, you know, early on mankind thought that AI would all be a bunch of showdowns. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were wrong. <laughs> like, uh, they capped all these new AIs and basically the operated, you know, kind of kept them at, you know, human scale, which is still impressive, but not scalable. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and London is from that era. And she asks, you know, did you consider that you don't that, that you don't have faith because you're simply too dumb? Like, it's not yeah. just that, like, you're incapable of it. You know, just AIs become gods. They have their own society, basically. Just you in particular. You're a you're a relic. Right. Yeah. And London yeah. fires back with all that he has because he's not very intelligent. He calls her a stupid bitch for losing the cube. Yeah. 
which, you know, she shouldn't have tried to squeeze through the stuff. Yeah, he told it, her not it, to. <laughs> It, this is a. Uh, I would be really curious as a, somebody who has the um, the gene where they look for likable characters. Yeah, and thing what they would think of this story because hmm. I think both these people are pretty unpleasant. Oh, but yeah, uh, personally, you know, like they're constantly sniping at each other. It's you are at sea in the beginning, so it's pretty hard to hear about or to care about motivation. Mm-hmm. Like the actual mechanics of what were happening and the source book stuff was all very good. In terms of characters, we don't really get a payoff for N until near the end. Right. When she kind of reveals her, her not bad motivation mm-hmm. for this. Um, there's a part definitely during the sniping where I was like, oh, I'm like trapped on this palace, you know, planet with two unpleasant people who hate each other. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's, it's off-putting. Yeah, and I don't I don't have that thing where I need to like characters in a in a work, but I wonder if if that ended up becoming a, a point of contention for anyone. Yeah, I'd be curious to hear because yeah, yeah, the 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 conflict was in- interesting to me, even if it was just kind of like yeah, I wouldn't want to hang out with any of these people in real life. Yeah, good conflict, but both of you guys are wrong, dickheads. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, so we don't have the cube, which means we can't open doors and the suit won't recharge. But the, the plus side is the echoes don't attack us. This is where, how we're going to learn that the echoes are trying to get the cube. Yes. You know, and just as the, you know, like, okay, they had that blow up and they've got to keep talking. So just London asks like, Hey, what really happened on that day? You know, referring to that day a hundred years ago, uh, you know, mm-hmm. though it seems like it was yesterday for, for, for N, um, the day that Foster died um you know foster had gone he bounty hunted and he brought n back uh and gramps had asked foster to tie her down to the translation table so she wouldn't be able to get away again you know sending her to cube prison um and foster broke the contract he said no i'm not going to help you i'm going to disobey mm-hmm. you know and that uh, and this uh, is that yeah. ended up you know, getting him shot yep uh it turns out to be a big deal as we'll find out lately with yeah. london the uh the ship that it is really, really likes Foster and sadly mm-hmm. never broke through to him. Yeah. Um, the only way we can get through, this is the thing I allude to in the generalities. Uh, there are six thrones that need to be sat on to open the door mm-hmm. this is where you can teach the echoes to sit. Yeah. And I, throne. I had a real like moment. So like, okay, is this the point where there's going to be another force and all of a sudden the echoes, like I'm going to get them on my side. Yeah. <laughs> you know, End squad. Yeah, end squad. Um, and just like, oh my gosh, like after all this like monotony, like if that is my, if this is my gravity gun moment, kind of knowing I'm in chapter mm-hmm. five out of six, like just sweet. No, no, not the case. <laughs> not like at a all. gravity gun moment, or like almost like an Abe's Odyssey. I yeah. was like, I'm gonna start solving puzzles now. Uh huh. With this mechanic, uh, there's something like when when a game is disappointing or any work is disappointing. It's almost like when I'm playing it, my brain is tacking up um, like potential points, yeah. like play, like opportunities to do something cool that it missed. Uh huh. And those can become a very staggering weight. Yes. <laughs> like I 100% thought I was going to start solving puzzles rather than just, you know, don't teach the echoes to run. Don't teach them to shoot. Yeah. Uh, and that's not the case. Like this is like the one where you do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not a particularly good puzzle or anything because no. they will do it on their own yeah it's like the first couple of them will sit down and it's a little janky like running around getting them all to get on there mm-hmm. like getting them in your orbit and stuff yeah they'll like but loosely really, follow I, you yeah yeah I, I i had a huge like uh abe's odyssey vibes i was like oh cool like i'm gonna control the moticons to do something cool yeah it doesn't really happen yeah so. and you know i i struggle sometimes with that because am i being unfair 
as a critic yeah. for holding it against this work that it is not something that um it, that it is not something that it's not you know like it never explicitly promised that it would that that it would become this thing right but like everything here is pointing in the direction like and also the fact that that's kind of how video games work when a mechanic is introduced you end up reusing it again you know yeah so like context yeah so so i'm just uh, you know trying to decide how fair it is to kind of like carry that weight of things to hold against this you know and you just uh you know I, I am disappointed in this in a way where, you know, that disappointment comes from a desire to want it more or to, 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 to like it more. Right. Like I want better for it. Even if it's not fair to hold it against this game that didn't do the specific thing mm-hmm. that we wanted, I think it is fair to hold it against this game that didn't do something else instead. Yeah. Like yeah. regardless of whether there are missed opportunities, the game did not do enough for me. Yeah. And that feels like a very fair criticism. So like, as much as I think I'm just spitballing when I think it'd be cool to start solving puzzles by teaching the, the echoes to do stuff. Mm-hmm. I would have accepted anything that would have broken this up other than slightly taller echoes that could <laughs> kill you in one hit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like what they actually chose to do. It doesn't have to be my thing. Uh-huh. Just something different than what you did. Yeah. Back in the, you know, gener- what you did did not work <laughs> back in the generalities. I talked about just kind of these places where there are moments where you can see that they had grander ideas for what to do and either because of technical limitations or because they couldn't get it to, you know, to, to, to work reliably or because it ended up not being, fun they had to like mm-hmm. scrap it and scale it back so what you get are these glimpses these glimpses of things um that uh it never kind of delivers on th- th- this is one of those things this and i mean like when when the when those you know soup the, the super echoes are, are introduced or whatever i for all the world thought that if i took a shot at one of these uh, they would team up with me the 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 regular echoes would team up with me against yeah. the against the big ones not the case no be pretty cool yeah you know if it, if, it, if it happened because they are against each other the big mm-hmm. echoes don't like the little echoes no it strangles um, them it shakes them yeah. around like a washcloth yeah and it's one of those things too where usually when i have that feeling after a game i'm like oh this might be something they'll expand on in the sequel mm-hmm. like that is that is through the evolution or kind of iterative process but with this and it, this this sounds like i fucking hate it i don't i don't hate it you know, I, I just, there's enough cool things about it. It's relatively, it didn't go down that unsmoothly. Like, yeah. I don't hate this game. I just didn't, didn't like it super very much. Um, but it, the degree that it went, it wasn't tantalizing enough to where if they did like announce Echo 2 tomorrow, mm-hmm. I don't think I care. I mm-hmm. think I would still just read about the cool stuff. I don't, these ideas that I want to see iterated on, uh, I don't want to risk it. Yeah. You know, is kind of where I'm at. I'm not saying I don't want them to be able to make it, and I'm sure that the game has its fans and people who really love that. I want mm-hmm. that for them. Yeah. I would just not choose to take the chance. I mean, just it's be not hard. worth my time. It'd be hard to trust them. <laughs> you know. Yeah. 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 Like trust is a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and like if you want, uh, there are games that get me to trust. Like, oh, maybe the sequel will do this better. Yeah. You know, but you just had to meet me further than this one did. Mm-hmm. Too many orb collection things. Yeah. And it's not like a long game. It's a long game because you spend a lot of time collecting orbs and like slow walking during exposition. <laughs> yeah. But it's not a long, like we're almost done with the episode. Yeah. <laughs> we're on like chapter six. This is like one of the shortest episodes to watch out for fireballs. And it doesn't feel like that when you're playing the game. Yeah. I, I, I it's just at every level is the fucking same. <laughs> I played this game for 10 hours, Gary. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's a, this is certain terms of like man hours to content hours. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of our worst ratios. Not, not quite it, Baldur's Gate, but you know. <laughs> yeah. 
and, and that we got tons of content out we of. did yeah it's just we also played for a long time <laughs> yeah. you know it's just uh it's yeah just did not just not did not do enough yeah yeah um yeah <sighs> uh, so uh we we find the cube and echoes pick that up other echoes are chasing it down this is kind of fun because it's at least a little bit dynamic yeah um yeah. you kind of have to hang back and find the right moment to like interrupt the fight yeah to yeah. get the cube uh but then we get a, a really long orb chamber mm-hmm uh, you know, it's, very, very low, very, very long. Yeah, it's kind of neat because, uh, uh, like, you go down to these little overhangs that uh, hang over this vast, foggy nothingness. It's kind of like the, yeah. the the foggy space uh, at the bottom of of the facility in Portal Two, right? Um, yeah. That is aesthetically really cool, um, but uh, you know, again, no great shakes. You're going and collecting orbs. Yeah. At the end of the day, you're, we say collecting orbs too. It's worth noting. You just kind of have to walk close enough to the orbs. Yeah. And that gives us like a Pac-Man kind of feeling. Yes. Uh, at points. So this time we get on an elevator and this time we've been, we descending for two hours or 339 kilometers. Um, again, that's a very cool idea, but we have really been eased into it. Yes. Um, wake up. The halls are gold here. Uh, the floor, this actually looks different. The floor and ceiling, um, are these like kind of massive chambers above and below these walkways. Um, and there are these seas of archways and little couplas. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Um, and just you... a couple, uh, key hunts yeah. before we get back outside. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you're back outside and it's raining. Uh, this is cool. Where's this water coming mm -hmm. from? Like just yeah, it's the... condensation from above or something. Yeah. Some of these conductors yeah. or what have you. Um, yeah, just yeah. like, like, like what is the, what is the climate around this artificial planet? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, uh, London asks and why she's going through all of this, you know, she doesn't owe foster anything. She should hate him. You know, he captured her, right? Like yeah. just, just, yeah, it ruined her life. She was trying to be her own person. Um, and then says that foster saved her life and, uh, London doesn't, uh, doesn't believe that. Yeah. And he really, he really like ship explains it to you. Yes. He's like, listen, you know, I, I, it's about time I tell you like Foster didn't care about anything. Yeah. You know, he did these long hauls because he wanted to be distanced from everyone, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, he's like, why do you think that you meant something to him? And, uh, she says that she made him care. That's what, like, that was what she was designed to do. She manipulated him into not just being about the job. Yeah. You know, yeah. Foster sent, uh, many people at mm -hmm. her and she and gramps both knew that they could manipulate him yeah you know she you call me a spoiled gambler but i never gamble because i've are always already won yeah yeah you know. uh so the idea here the, these resourcefuls you know not only are they like little enders game super agile little thieves they're also social manipulators yes um you know who who manipulate people to their end yeah you know, and they are raised in such a such an environment that to even to even consider the possibility of failure uh, is a real taboo. So um, they would be real hashtag rise and grind people on Twitter. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, the, the 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 echo the resourceful method is not a uh, a podcast you should listen to. No, please don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and London says, you know, Foster is, you know, there's there, there's a real betrayal to this as well. You know, London mm -hmm. saying, you know, Foster never showed any cracks, you know, and like ne never even, never even in his confidence, you know, about me being an obsolete AI, you know, so like he didn't second guess me, but also like he never engaged with me 
as a as as a person, even though that's effectively what I am, you know, and all the time observing him, he only noticed, you know, even though he didn't outwardly show it, he had this lighter. It was his handle is what he calls it. You know, if that lighter came out, you knew that he was experiencing doubt. And that's why when N showed up with a lighter, London granted her passage because like he he knew that that Foster would would not give that up lightly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and did the, you know, was doing this, the whole thing yes. was manipulating the whole thing. Uh, she realized that using foster, she could gain uh, opportunity to kill gramps, you know, letting him kidnap her, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and she wouldn't. And then she realized though, that doing this was not being free. She was just being the resourceful that gramps programmed her to be. Yeah. Uh, so they kind of go back and forth, uh, learning, you know, so London is sad because N succeeded where he couldn't, you know, she got foster to engage and without N's intelligence and determination to undo the consequences of using Foster, they wouldn't be there. Yeah. So London is finally on board with Team Resurrect Foster. Yes. Uh, so the the two kind of themes that are paid off here is, you know, the, the sad little bromance between London and Foster. Mm-hmm. London realizing that there's hope. And then N rejecting her resourceful, yeah. you know, nature. Right. You know, and, and, and using this passage to paradise, not, you know, for selfish reasons, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, in order to achieve eternal life or whatever, you know, might've might, this place might've been designed for by this family, but to, in order to give that gift to somebody, you know, selflessly. Right. Uh, which is foster mm-hmm. and, you know, thereby, re- I mean, returning foster to London, it is a real act of, um, you know, kindness that she is doing for yeah. London as well. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yes, she uh, all the way up to the end of this is walking the path that Grams had charted for her. But, you know, the conclusion can recast all of it. Um, and the, and She's that, doing and, it for a different reason. Yeah. And, that, and that, is her, that is her taking her agency back. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, so when we get back inside, the first thing we see is a dead Echo. And uh, we think it's Echo's killing Echo's shaking my damn head. In, <laughs> In fact, there's a gigantic golden humanoid construct echo <laughs> killing them. It's not learning from N. It's just the the echo killing robot yep. that they designed for this thing. Yeah. Like, it was very funny when this popped up as well. <laughs> it's so violent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, it's so big. It just it grabs them by the neck and just holds them up and does like choke slams and stuff. Just does wrestle moves on the children. Um, mm-hmm. This is incredibly frustrating because if you have not been uh, engaging with the stealth on this, you can't engage with these things. Um, it they take on normal, it's three shots to take down. I went down to easy, it's two shots there with your incredibly limited ammo pool. Um, and if you shoot, more than one of them is going to like run at you. Uh, yep. So your only hope if they are alerted is a blackout, which might reset them. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that the, they are instant death. Uh, it, it is instant death stealth, uh, stealth checks basically. And that, uh, dog does not hunt. No, it, it's, it's pretty frustrating. Yeah. You know, I can almost see what they're going for. Like let's introduce an enemy that has your moves already. Mm-hmm. You know, that has like kind of super versions. Cause you don't have to teach these things to run. No, uh, they can just run. Yeah. You know, uh, they knew how. Yeah. And but this, it's the... just not that interesting. It, it's still within that very limited, like you know, set of Lego blocks. Mm-hmm. So having them already be able to do it is just not that fun. Yeah. You know, it's like throwing out the conceit of the level and turning this into like a, just an instant death self sequence. Yep. You and know, not that fun. No, no. And this is where I was hoping that, okay, if I, if, if I shoot, 
then these, you know, then the regular echoes would perceive the golden ones as enemies, and I would be like navigating a conflict between them, right? Yeah, um, you know, like, like uh, some Bioshock playing three sides against each other. Yeah, yeah, and and that would be really cool and fun. No, that's not the case. Regular echoes will still will still come up and do the uh, do the strangle on you. Um, yep. and, and the big one will go on them as well. Yeah, you know, so there's a little bit of like. You know, if the the gold ones will prioritize you, but you can also, while they're busy killing one of the regular echoes, you can kind of make hay. Yeah, a little um, bit. But it, there's not a lot with it. If you're near enough to see the gold one kill the regular one, the gold one will come and get you. So yeah, it's not yep, really exactly. a, it's not really a win. No. Um, and then we have this incredibly large orb collectathon. In a, a game largely about collecting orbs, <laughs> they decided the finale in 7M boss, there's just more orbs than you can ever imagine. Yeah, yeah. You know? You just have gold enemies mixed in with the regular ones. To go back to the generalities about them, it's never explained what they are, what purpose they serve, you know? <laughs> like, the, the regular echoes, they're trying to uh, hurt you. Um, but it is not just because they are bloodthirsty. They're trying to take you out so that they can get the cube because they are, that they're echoing your, your, uh, determination to get Foster to the center, yeah. you know, um, there's, there, there's no such motivation ever given to the gold ones. I, I assume that they were just big evil battle bots that the idle rich were going to make to hunt down their pores. I get, <laughs> you know, like I just, I assume it's just like, Oh, like. We get down. To, hey, man, I'm going to show you the donkey show down at the center of the planet. And it's just what if a big gold robot killed a bunch of clones of a lady? Just, just mowing just people like, oh, down. Be rich. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is the kind of stuff that Elon Musk gets off on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, <sighs> so, so very frustrating. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, So after you do this, uh, there's another key hunt as well. <laughs> this is with all gold enemies. Yeah. Uh, this fucking sucks. When I first started the game, I was having a problem where when it would reload from a save, it would crash. Oh, geez. So for a large portion of this, I had to, you know, go reboot the game every time I died. Oh, uh, yeah. And I eventually found a fix for it. Uh, but if I had gotten to that, if that was still going on when I got to this point, I would not have beat it. I no, would have just no. watched the ending on YouTube. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and no, this is tedious. No, no jury would convict you. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yep. Boo. Hmm. Um, this takes forever, but once you eventually get it, we get this key it opens up and takes you to this elevator that takes you to a level with this ball of light in its core. And when we run into it. London wishes you luck, but his signal is cut out. We are now alone Yeah, here. Yeah. And you are walking and you're passing through this bright white light. Uh, and you enter a corridor that, uh, looks like the interior of the spaceship from the beginning of the game. It looks like the inside of London. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and and thinks, oh, well, this makes sense. The palace is looking into me and seeing, you know, trying to create a familiar environment, because if you were brought back from the dead, you would want it. You would want to be brought back, you know, someplace comfortable. Right. And what yeah. would be more comfortable than your own ship? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, so the lights cut out and we're now back in our old outfit. You know, the ship has put us back in that. And uh, she uses Foster's lighter to kind of light the way here. And here's all these memories of her relationship with London, like berating her uh, until she eventually you get to the uh, replica of the ship's observation deck. Mm -hmm. um, look, looking out on this glowing white planet, the planet you're actually on mm -hmm. here. And we see on the table, there's this wireframe of Foster. And when you touch it, part of your, your hand fades out mm -hmm. uh, into him. Like you are, you're filling it in. Yeah. 
you know, like, uh, there's video games that do this, Yeah, you know, where like, you know, you, you push and that's the idea is you have to sacrifice yourself. Only one of you can get out alive. You have to put yourself into the outline to bring foster back his flesh. Like you have a soul in the Mm -hmm. cube, but you have to give up your flesh. Thus the soul and the body enter through different entrances. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, she says like, yeah, this is difficult. You know, I probably never expect to get out, get out of here anyway. And, you know, as she gets on, you know, gets onto the table, she says, take care of your foster, take care of yourself, foster in London as well. Um, And she makes the sacrifice. We cut to black and then we see foster wake up in a chamber that appears to be kind of overtaken by greenery. And that's the credits. Yeah. And that ends up being the end of Echo. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought for sure that I like fucked up and didn't get the true ending or something. Mm -hmm. Because it's it's very brief. Like you just wake up. We didn't get, we get nothing, but that's kind of how it, how it, how it do. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what the game is like. Uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't like it. Yeah. I, it, it's, you know, there are things I liked about it. I, in, on a whole, I do not like this game. Yeah. Uh, it, it is, it has some cool ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that I'm pretty much there as well. Uh, definitely any goodwill that I had, uh, was squandered toward the end, uh, with the, uh, with the big gold enemies and, uh, just really, you know, feeling the ache of the mismatch and expectations, um, or, yeah. you know, just, uh, seeing the, seeing the potential or seeing the possibility that was not delivered on, um, for, uh, for, for any, any you know, any reason. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, uh, it's disappointing and I want to, you know, make sure it's clear that it's a disappointment that, you know, comes from affection, right? Uh, you, 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 you can't be disappointed in something that didn't, uh, at one point make you expect more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that like this ends up being a very pretty good illustration of the limited spend of certain tricks. Yeah. You know, because the the actual the the core gameplay trick and then the all the horror stuff this game does, mm-hmm. you know, the atmosphere and the the tone and the kind of uncanniness are all good, but more is not more mm-hmm. when it comes to a, a lot of things. Yeah. You know, it's actually, it's, it's funny cause we're doing Silent Hill one next week and I just recently wrapped it up and I like Silent Hill one. Mm-hmm. This is not, I like that much better than I like this game. Um, I also think Silent Hill one does that where I'm like, this is a cool trick, but it, I'm getting a little sick of running through these endless hallways, mm-hmm. you know, in the dark killing dogs with a pipe. Yeah. Um, there, there's something that with horror, uh, that I think variety and economy is very important specifically very much so. because you cannot be expected to be scared of the same thing over and over and over. Right. You know, no matter how much I like a trope, mm-hmm. I don't just want it ad infinitum. Yeah. You know, like, and th- this game really <laughs> illustrates that. Yeah, it, uh, it definitely, it, uh, uh, they, the, it is not enough game for the size of bag that it is. Yeah. And just, yeah, it just, uh, just kind of a five pound game and a 10 pound bag. Yeah. Um, yeah. And plays with tropes that I really enjoy, but also I can read the library of Babylon. I can read house of leaves, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to get them, you know, there's no scarcity, right? You know? So like sometimes there are certain things that I'm just so in the pocket for that, like, it's always, it's going to automatically like raise a letter grade for me, Mm -hmm. you know? But if there's something that I can just get a, you know, a much better version elsewhere without as much downside, Mm Mm-hmm. It's hard not to search for that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need the best. I'm a champion of B-level things. I don't need the best version of this trope. No. For it to be good. I just, just it on display over and over and over. Mm -hmm. Ends up being, you know, repetitive like an echo. Yeah. Like, so just too repetitive for me. I certainly hope that uh, 
or Luke Cold feelings on this did not hurt Jeremy's feelings. Yeah. Very, I really appreciate this being brought to my attention. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Very you know, I just, uh, at the at the very least, it gave me, uh, it, 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 it tickled my imagine, imagination in really satisfying ways. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So uh, if you have anything to say about Echo, hit us up at DuckFeedTV slash contact. Um, we are doing, uh, or if you have anything to say about Silent Hill 1 or mm-hmm. Resident Evil 8. Yeah. That is what we're doing for the rest of the month. And the deadline is the 15th. Yeah. Um, uh, the deadline for November's games is the 15th. It is always the 15th. November's games, if you need a refresher, uh, those are, I don't have a list up, so let's see if I can do it. Uh, Left 4 Dead mm-hmm. 1 and 2, Stardew yep. Valley, and yep. StarCraft Two: Wings of Liberty. Exactly. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Exactly it. Um, yeah. Uh, we appreciate that. If you would like to support us, get uh, episodes early, get access to the Slack, get premium episodes, you can go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also where you can sponsor episodes. We're booking out into next year. Yep. Uh, we've already got uh, some of that booked. Uh, so feel free to join us there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, ratings, reviews, Apple Podcast, or Podcast Addict. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Yeah. Check out other shows on the network as well. Um, uh, Abject Suffering is a fun show. You can mm-hmm. go, uh, go go check out. Um, check out Everything to Guppy, another fun show. Orb, our show mm-hmm. about uh, the Venture Brothers. Lots of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all of that stuff are things you can and should do. Yeah. And we'd like you to do it. Yeah. Um, I think that's about it. I think so. Uh, so until next time, watch out for you.